So, uh, again, welcome again, and uh, it's just great to be here. Great to see uh, all the talents being used for God, uh, everyone speaking. Thank you so much to Joy uh, for sharing her testimony, and Joe and Vanessa and Josh and Geraldine for giving us uh, awesome messages as well. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick shout-out to my mom and grandma. They're here today. You know, God had a special plan, you know, uh, they were supposed to leave last Tuesday, uh, but you know, God wanted them to stay an extra week to hear me preach, so amen, amen, that's a good thing to happen, so, uh, uh, so awesome, uh, our theme today is vision, you know, and uh, what is God's vision for us, and, uh, and again, uh, with this video, we, we went out into the town, and we, we were asking people, and and for some reason, people did not want to speak to random strangers and give them their vision on camera. So uh, we sort of worked with what we got. You know, we just took down some quotes. Uh, but has has ever has there been a time where someone has come to you and says, "I have a vision for you"? Has there been a time where someone came to you and said, "There are going to be some wonderful things that are going to happen to you, and you are going to be." A great person. You know, how would you feel? You know, what would you do or what would you say? And that actually happens to uh, one of my favorite guys in the Bible, which is Gideon. So if you want to turn over to Judges 6, we'll start there. Can I grab this real quick? Thank you. Judges 6, and uh, we'll start in um, verse 11. And the title of the sermon today is For the Lord and for Birmingham. You know, this is the cry they, they cried out at the end of their war. You know, for God, for the Lord, and for Gideon. You know, and so as we're talking about today's vision, let's remember that. For the Lord and for Birmingham. And so uh, now I'm going to start reading in verse, uh, verse 11. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak and Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where God, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When an angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not, uh, am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, did he reply, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. Uh, this is an uh, interesting uh, encounter. No, so uh, the Midianites are these people from the west, uh, sorry, the east, that came into Israel, and God actually gave them over to the Midianites because they're in sin. And so the Midianites, what they would do is they would come in to Israel, take all their food and leave, uh, leaving none for the Israelites. And so we, we, get, we come into uh, this story about Gideon, and we're introduced to him as someone who's threshing wheat and a wine press. And a wine press was this uh, area in the ground where uh, you, you would make wine. <laughs> it wasn't for weeds, it was for uh, making wine. And 
we see him hiding there, hiding from the Midianites. And you you sort of get this sense of uh, Gideon being afraid, being afraid of his surroundings. You know, and, uh, and we get to this point where, where Israel pleads for a savior, and so that's why God seeks out Gideon, and get, God is going to use Gideon to do mighty things. And so, the first point I have is go in the strength you have. You know, God has amazing visions for everyone, but especially for Birmingham. God has amazing things for us, and God is actually saying, go in the strength you have. Go accomplish those visions. And we can sort of be like Gideon at this point. You know, we can be like Gideon as uh, we, we have some reservations. We have some reservations. You know, the first reservation that uh, Gideon has is uh, he, he doesn't know where God's signs are. He doesn't see God working. You know, he, he's heard some things that uh, his ancestors have been through about God working and doing mighty things, but for him, he, he doesn't see it. You know, and uh, how often can that be us? You know, we can hear about these great wonders and, and these great signs, but, but then uh, we, we can look around sometimes and, and we can ask the same questions. I don't know, where, where are you? Where are you, God? You know, and, uh, but God's, God's response is, go in the strength you have. You know, and the second reservation is, is, uh, is kind of, um, I don't know, kind of weird. I, I don't understand it. He, he says, but I'm the weakest in my clan, and I'm also the weakest in my family. There's a double whammy. You know, not only is he the weakest in his clan, but he's also the weakest, weakest in his family, and I just don't know how that happens. But, you know, he, he's saying, how can I stay in Israel? I, I don't have the strength. You know, you're asking me to be this mighty warrior. You call me a mighty warrior, but yeah, I don't have the strength to do that. But it's funny, he, God says in verse 16, no, no, victory will be yours. Like Jason was talking about, no, God has our victories. No, God has a vision for us. And it, it's, it's not that we have to have all this strength and all this power to do that. He's just saying, go in the strength you have and I will bring you victory. You know, and that's kind of assuring. That's kind of assuring to think, you know, we read scriptures like this and we never... We never really wonder, okay, I, I read this and God said it will be victory. I wonder if he's going to win this battle. You know, is it, is it going to be the Midianites or it's going to be God's army? Isn't that great that we don't have to worry about that? No, when God says, I will be with you, that's it. All my money's on God. I don't have to worry about that. I can read the story and know the ending. God is with us. God is going to bring the victories. You know, God is going to bring the victories because He's mighty. But but sometimes when I when I think about these things, how often do I doubt? When when I have when we get visions of what Birmingham can be and what this ministry can be like, the Edge Ministry or the Campus Ministry or the Marriage Ministry, when we get this vision of what it can be like, and we we start to doubt that, though, right? Oh, I don't know if this can happen. You know, I, I, I don't know if we can save anyone. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can go out and, and preach the gospel. But no, God is saying, go in the strength that you have, and I will be there with you. You know, it's not, it's not a self-confidence issue. It's just we have to put our confidence in God. 
Our confidence doesn't have to be in our in our words because it, it's true. Sometimes we are weak. There, we, we can't be good at everything, but if we have a vision for what God can do and go after it with all the strength that we have, God will match that and God will bring the victories. And so, and that's exactly what Gideon does. He answers the call. And so, um, it's cool because uh, Gideon, he, he's like, okay, I'll do it. And he sets up a, an altar uh, in uh, his hometown, Afra, and he calls it peace. You know, and then uh, and God says, okay, before you can do anything, you need to go knock down the idols in your dad's house. And so he, he knocks down the idols, no more, and he sets up an altar to God, and then uh, he brings his army, and they're about to go fight. So we're going to jump into uh, chapter 7. Um, so there's just a page over, I guess. There you go. And so, uh, so now we're um, at the army, you know, uh, we're uh, at the point where where God is is about to show us some great things. You know, the vic- Gideon has that victory now. Gideon has that vision, and so we'll start in uh, verse one. And so it says, uh, chapter seven. Early in the morning, Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Herod, and they camped uh, at Midian, was north of the valley near the hill of Mor. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver you in the hands of the Midians, uh, or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, Anyone who trembles with fear uh, may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, There are still too many men. (laughs) You know, take them down to the water. If I say this one should go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. Uh, there the Lord told him, Separate those who lap the water uh, with their tongues as dogs lap uh, from those who kneel down to drink. Three hundred of them drank from the cup's hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest of them got down to their knees and to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men that lapped, I will save you from the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Uh, so this is my next point uh, on the edge of God's vision. Oh, I guess not. Oh, man. How do you do this? Oh. Well, I have some pictures to show you, <laughs> but I guess it didn't, it didn't translate well. Um, so, uh, me and my sister went to Nicaragua a couple years ago, and we uh, hiked a volcano. It was really cool. It was called Sierra Negro. And uh, uh, so you walk up this volcano, and we actually walked on the rim of the volcano. So it was, this, uh, it was probably a little bit wider than the aisle now. And you walk up to this volcano, and then they're like, all right, now you got to go surf down it. <laughs> so it's like, like, excuse me, what? <laughs> so, um, so I looked over the edge, and on one side of me, there's a sulfur pit. It's like, I don't want to surf down there. And so I looked on the other side, and there I see my friends who look like a speck of dust. <laughs> I was like, what do you want me to do? And so um, I was on the edge of the volcano, and I, I got a little scared. <laughs> But it took it took an extra leap of faith to actually get down in. 
And it was actually fun. I actually had a great time. And I have a video on Facebook if you want to see it. You know, it was me, I was filming, and I was like, yeah. But uh, it was a great time. But when you're on the edge, things can get a little scary. When you're on the edge of something, oh, you want to, you kind of want to back up a little bit. And that's exactly what happens to the army, uh, the Israelite army. And so we, we see here that uh, Gideon has an army of 32,000 men. That's a great, but, but in chapter 8 it says that the Midianites had, a, had an army size of 135,000 men. Okay, so, so, so when we see that, God's like, whoa, Gideon, you have too many. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> uh, no, we don't. They have 135,000. We only have 32,000. But again, uh, where, where's our faith at? No, God, God said, no, I will deliver you into the hands of uh, Midian. I will deliver the Midianites into your hands. You will win this victory. You know, and so God has two tests for the for the Israelite army. You know, the the first test is is Gideon only saying if anyone is afraid, just saying that if anyone is afraid, you can leave. And then what happens? Most of the army leaves. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> you know, and uh, twenty-two thousand men left. Okay, so we have ten thousand left. I did math in my head. Alright, so 10,000 left. Alright, and so, okay, that's great. But God said, no, 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 it's still too big. <laughs> Why? Because I'm going to win this battle for you. And so God uh, takes him down to the stream, Gideon takes him down to the stream, and uh, he, he picked the men who, who got the water from their hands and, and drank it from their hands. And it seems kind of weird, doesn't it? Like, okay, what, what's the difference between drinking water? But the men who cupped their hands and, and drank from that, they were ready for battle. Instead of looking down at the stream and drinking from that, you know, the men who cupped their hands, they're, they're looking around. And they're ready for battle. And so God says, I want the bravest and the men who are willing to battle any time. Now that's the men I want in my army. No, the people who are afraid didn't get to fight for God. Now, the people who aren't ready for battle did not get to fight for God. It was only the men who were not afraid and who were ready for battle. You know, and, uh, you know that that's that's sort of like us sometimes too. You know, sometimes we, we want to do these great things and we want to do great things for God and have these visions for God. But when 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 we're asked, okay, are you afraid? You know, how many times do we say yes? And when God promises the victories and the visions and the victories of our uh, our glory, of future glory, now how many times are we afraid? How many times do we look at the, the bigger army and say, I, I don't want to do this? But but the thing is, God God can't use that. <laughs> God can't use people who, who are who are afraid. Now God can only use people who are willing to battle and go in the strength that they have. Now the people who are on the edge of this of this great battle and who are willing to say, I'm, I'm going to go down that mountain. I'm going to slide down that volcano. Or, or I am going to talk to this person. Now I'm going to talk to my workmate and see if he wants to study the Bible. Now I will talk to my family members who don't believe in Christ. Now I will talk to them. Because why? Because God has promised the victories. God has promised the victories. 
And so, uh, you know, God, God doesn't need this big number. No, God doesn't need thousands upon thousands of people. You know, He just needs a few people to do His will. You know, God says, you know, 32,000, uh, that's enough. No, I, I need the strongest and most brave people, and I'm going to cut them down, and I don't need all these people, because why? I promise you the victories. You know, and, uh, and sometimes we, we can think of like that too. You know, oh, we need all these people, or, or oh gosh, I just got to uh, take everything together. But no, that's the problem. We can uh, win God's victories by the, the least, you know. We don't need all these numbers. And so he just needs willing participants who are willing to step out of the edge and uh, of the vision. And so uh, let's find out what happens next. Uh, so if you want to skip down to verse 16, uh, let's get there. So in starting verse three, uh, 16, sorry, he says, Dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets in every jar and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside it. Watch me, he told them, that's Gideon. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I, uh, when I and all who are with me blow our trumpets and from all around the camp, blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and 300 men reached the edge of the camp and beginning in the middle of the watch, just after they changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. And the three companies blew their trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches with their left hands and holding in their right the trumpets they were to blow. And they shouted, A sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midians ran, crying as they fled. Now, what I mean, like, this story just keeps getting better. You know, things are happening, and I don't know why they're happening. You know, first 32,000 men become 300, and now, okay, that's fine. At least we have swords and stuff. But no, no, Gideon gives them a trumpet, a jar, and a torch. <laughs> Talk about the most interesting weapon choice of all life history. Uh, you know, if I was one of these swords, I'm like, how am I able to fight this? No, this is not the proper tool to win a battle. But, but, but God doesn't need these special talents. But God doesn't need all these uh, special gifts that we have. You know, he, he used ordinary items. Now, when God gives us a vision for something or someone, He doesn't look for people for the best talent. He for, looks for willing, willing people to go out and do the vision. And he, looks for, uh, he looks for those who are willing to use whatever they have for God. Now, if you, if you just have a car, then use your car to serve God. Now, if, you, if you're a friendly person, use your friendliness to serve God. You, you don't have to be a great speaker or uh, someone who's uh, strong and mighty. I don't have that quality. But you just have to be willing to serve, use your gifts and serve God with them. You know, and, uh, you know we're on the edge of God's vision. Now, the, the Israelites are right there. They're ready to go into battle. You know, and, and it takes that, that willingness and, and that strength that they have to go out and to win the battle for God. You know, and it's, and it's, time, to, it's time to cross over. You know, it's time to take the next step. You know, we can't sit on that edge forever. we got to go down that mountain at some point. we got to accomplish God's victories. And it, it is time for us to say, I have a vision for God, and I'm going to do it with the strength that I have, and I'm not going to stand on this edge. 
and I'm going to go down with whatever strength I have, kicking and screaming if I have to. And so, uh, you know, I come from, I'm not from here, if you can tell. I'm not, I'm not a Brummie. I'm not a Brummie. I don't have a Brummie accent. I have a Southern accent. Uh, I'm from the States, and, and uh, my church uh, back home, uh, we had no campus ministry for 10 years. There was a 10-year period of, of us not having uh, a campus ministry. And uh, we, we got to that point, you're like, okay, enough's enough. We're going we're gonna to start a campus ministry, whether we have the means or not. You know, and so, uh, but, the, but the only problem is we had no students. <laughs> we, we had no campus students in there. We, we just had uh, uh, older married people and young teens. And so we were like, okay, let's, let's work with what we got. So we prayed and we prayed, and, and finally uh, we, we had three people come up to us and consecutively from different parts of the U.S. saying, hey, I want to I wanna be a part of your campus ministry. Amen. God has the victories. You know, and um, so with those three people, and we, we took, I, I was a senior in high school, and like, make you have a car, help the, help the campus people. And I was like, okay, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I, I go with the campus uh, students, and so we have a total of five people. Only one of them are, is going to uni. So, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's uh, start a campus ministry. You know, we didn't have the numbers. We, we didn't have the talent, but we have the willingness to answer the call that God has for us. You know, and so uh, we had no training. <laughs> None of us were ministers. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> but uh, we just simply went out and, and asked people if they want to study the Bible. <laughs> and we just went out and, and uh, we had some defeats. We also had some victories. No, uh, from, from that, we went from 5 to 10, and then last year we got close to 15 people. You know, amen, like, God has a vision, let's get off the edge and go towards it. Again, God has a vision for Birmingham. Now, what, what is that? You know, uh, because Gideon and the army were willing, God took care of the rest, and they won the battle. You know, and the same thing can happen to us. The same thing can happen in Birmingham. And sadly, though, Gideon, Gideon did not keep this vision. Uh, you don't have to look there, but in chapter 8, uh, we see at the end of Gideon's life, he, he won the battle, and he, he had this great victory, but uh, sadly, he, he married a lot of women, and uh, a lot of concubines, and had a lot of children, and he lost sight of God's vision. And because of that, after he died, Israel went right back into the idolatry they first were in. And that's the reason why they were given into the hands of the Midianites. You know, uh, there's a quote I found. Now, leaders have to see things that others don't. Their vision must be beyond the what's now and enter into the what's next. Seeing what's next sets a person apart as a leader. And Gideon did not see the what's next. He won the battle, and, and he said, that's great, let me, let me go back home. But, but sadly, because of that, he went right back into the idolatry. And he led Israel back into sin. You know, maybe, maybe some of us need that what's next moment. Maybe we've won some victories, and we won some battles. But now we're, now we're sitting here wondering what we should do. You know, what's next for Birmingham? What's next? No, but uh, 
Some of us, some of us are in that what's next moment, but, but some of us are still back in those wine presses. Some of us are still uh, afraid of what's happening around us. And we don't even have a vision for Birmingham. And, uh, and maybe God is calling you to get out of that wine press. Maybe God is calling you, uh, calling you to do something. Who, who knows what it is? I, I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe it's to start a Bible talk near your, near your workplace. You know, maybe it's to ask uh, your coworker to study the Bible for the first time. Maybe it's to, to mend relationships with, with someone who, who hurts you. What, with whatever it is, God is calling you to a vision. No, are you in that wine press? Are you, are you sitting there and, and wondering what, if God's going to do anything? Because God is calling. He is calling us to uh, seek and save the lost. Now, Matthew 28, we know the scripture, our, our journey and our, our life purpose is to seek and save the God of uh, the lost, to know God and to make God known. You know, and uh, maybe some of us uh, are at the edge. Maybe we have this great vision, but, but, but we're too afraid to, to commit to it. Or, or maybe some of us are at that what next, what's next moment. And whatever you are, I want to encourage you to go after that vision. To, to think about that vision, to pray about that vision. You know, what, what are God's plans for you? No, but we have to trust in the process. We have to trust in God. You know, it's not our own strength that we can do it. But God is calling us to go in the strength that we have. You know, in the Edge ministry, we have an amazing opportunity. You know, 40% of uh, the population of Birmingham is under the age of 25. That's nearly half of the city. You know, 30% of the population is under 20. You know, and not only that, oh, that, that actually means that Birmingham is uh, the year, it's Europe's youngest city. So out of all of Europe, Birmingham is the youngest city in Europe. You know, and to add to that, the UK is the most, um, the most entrepreneurial city. Uh, it's, the, it's the most business-friendly city out there. You know, and so what that means is young people are flocking to Birmingham to either start a business or to be in business. And that's a great opportunity for us uh, in the Edge ministry. We're young professionals. We're older professionals. We're single. And we have an opportunity to go out into the city and to seek and to save the lost. But sadly, uh, but sadly less and less are coming to Christ, as we see here in Europe. More and more people are not knowing about Christ. You know, and so it's up to us to have that vision for, for Christ. Now, what is God encouraging you to do? You know, and I, and I encourage you, uh, if you're visiting with us, maybe God's calling you just to get to know Him. You know, maybe God is, is really calling you right now, if you don't know Him, to, to start studying the Bible, to seek out that relationship. And I encourage you to do so. And if you came with someone, I, I encourage you to ask them. You know, whatever it is, I encourage you to step out of that line for us. Step off the edge and to see what God has in store for you. Amen.